the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damian Colado. Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Good morning. We were just talking about how quick this month went by. My wife and I this morning, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's already, it's going to be the yes. October this weekend. I know. Holy Woo-hoo. cow. The best month of the year. October? It is, mm-hmm. Damian. It's coming. That's right. Yes, it the is. month of Mary. If you don't believe me, ask Gabby. Makeup. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. We're talking pumpkins and spice, and yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> now we're talking and birthdays. birthdays, right, guys? <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. right. Pumpkin spice birthdays, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> you guys. All right. You don't know well, unless you try it. Just try it. You'll okay, I may. <laughs> Today is the feast day of St. Wenceslaus, and so we're going to offer up a prayer that is on his behalf. Ask him to intercede in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Wenceslaus, you were declared a martyr and a saint immediately upon your death. Pray for all persecuted Christians that they may persevere in the faith until their death. St. Wenceslaus, you now reign with Christ forever in heaven. Please intercede for us in the matters we bring before you this day. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about our Saint of the Day later on in today's show, but we have some events in our listening area we will give you details about at 10 after. All of these events can be found at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Dina Dow joins us. She's a director of evangelization and catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And we're going to be talking about October being the month of Mary. So October starts, I believe, on Sunday. So... It's good to get a head start on the wonderful month being the month of Our Lady. It's also pro-life month as well. And in 35 minutes, Father Matthew Graham joins us. He's a pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs, and he's going to be talking about an upcoming event over at his parish called the Scientific Evaluation of Eucharistic Miracles. Quite interesting. Mm. So we're looking forward to that conversation. And in 48 minutes, Nicole Jones joins us. She's a digital media manager of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and she's going to be updating us on the Eucharistic revival in the Diocese of Baton Rouge and what they are up to. And you guys, remember how we had that survey? You had to fill out a survey that we sent out via email. It was on our social media. It was on our website. We pick one winner. You win a little gift card. Well, Larry Fertitta is the winner of the gift card. Congratulations, Larry. I hope that you get all good things from that gift card. (laughs) And we are so grateful for you. Thank you for filling out the survey. You are the winner, Larry Fertitta. I hope you have a great Thursday. Congratulations. And uh, weather-wise, 
I'm going to suggest you not put away your lawn sprinklers yet because guess what? We've got about a week or so of dry weather coming up in the forecast. Today, just a very slight chance of rain. It'll be our last chance for about 7 to 10 days, uh, basically 10% in the forecast. Otherwise, it's going to be sunny and a few clouds here and there. Uh, Primarily, uh, the rain is going to be expected along the Gulf Coast very doubtful it'll move inland or even develop um, in in the central parts of our area. Otherwise, uh, high 91, low is going to be 71. Tomorrow, as I said, uh, and all next week, pretty much dry and sunny. Mm. So enjoy it while you can. Uh, Temperatures are going to be in the low 90s for the high and in the upper 60s for the low. So it won't really be that bad, uh, but uh, won't have that heat dome over us like we right, did right. Uh, for a number of weeks. This will be okay and livable. Temperatures in and around the area, everybody in the 70s right now to get our day started. It's Friday, uh, Thursday. I want it to be Slow Friday down. on Wake Up. <laughs> Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 9. Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was greatly perplexed because some were saying John has been raised from the dead. Others were saying Elijah has appeared. Still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. But Herod said, John I beheaded. Who then is this about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The first mission of the apostles and the work of Jesus was so successful that Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done. Undoubtedly, this insecure Roman puppet who ruled in Galilee and Persia had spies that gave him regular reports on their activities. Called Herod Antipas, he was the degenerate son of the evil Herod the Great, who attempted to murder the Christ child. Eventually, Antipas was deposed and exiled to Gaul, modern France, by the perverted emperor Caligula. His marriage to Rhodius, who was both his niece and his brother's wife, caused him to be publicly reprimanded by John the Baptist. Herod's guilt over his murder of St. John the Baptist and his superstition made him fearful that Jesus was John raised from the dead or the appearance of Elijah, or one of the other prophets. Men who lead evil lives are never at peace, even when they are surrounded by luxury and power. He wanted to see Jesus. This wish would be fulfilled on Good Friday. Pontius Pilate sent Jesus to Herod in an effort to free himself from the burden of deciding Jesus' fate. He used the pretext that Jesus was from Galilee and hence one of Herod's subjects. After Jesus refused to answer his questions, Herod sent Jesus back to Pilate. Herod Antipas achieved some worldly success, but his life was characterized by intrigue, murder, self-indulgence, and debauchery. His life ended in exile in the backwater village of Laudum. Jesse Rittenhouse makes a strong point in his poem, Wage, that applies here. I bargain with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted 
my scanty score. For life is a just employer. He gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, why, then you must bear the task. I worked for menials hire, only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life, life would have paid. This reminds me of Whittier's observation. Of all the words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. May it not apply to any of us. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy, and thank you, Father Chris Decker. And we want to share some events that are taking place in and around the area, many beginning today. Uh, Father Brent Mayer, pastor over at St. Agnes Catholic Church in Baton Rouge, is having a 40-hour devotion, the beautiful practice of the 40 hours of continual Eucharistic adoration that's used to be the regular occurrence in churches all around the world. In Mm -hmm. fact, Father Brent was here uh, sharing that uh, with us earlier this week, and we just want to remind everyone that the event will take place beginning tonight at 5 o'clock, conclude at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, September 30th. Public prayer, masses, and opportunities for confession are scheduled during the 40 hours. The devotion will culminate with a Mass to celebrate the anniversary of the dedication of St. Joseph Cathedral in Baton Rouge, and that's going to be Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Following the Mass, there will be refreshments and fellowship, and everyone is welcome. There's also going to be uh, security during the evening and overnight hours, so uh, to keep you protected, just in case you're a little fearful, but should never be fearful of going to church no. and uh, honoring uh, Jesus with the adoration of the Eucharist. So anyway, again, starts tonight, 5 o'clock, St. Agnes Catholic Church. All the details are on ccmedia.live. All right. And the missionaries of St. Therese invite everyone to celebrate the feast day of the Little Flower St. Therese at their 78th anniversary Mass on Saturday, September 30th, that's this Saturday, at St. Dominic Church, and that's uh, 775, that's Harrison Avenue in New Orleans. The morning's going to begin at 10 a.m. with a uh, World Mission Rosary and Prayers to St. Therese. The anniversary Mass is at 10.30 a.m. at St. Dominic Pastor Reverend Wayne Pace. Um, Pacey. Pacey, I'm sorry. Um will be the celebrant and then a light reception is going to follow in the Siena room so for more information once again go to ccmedia.live that's right dr terry ellis will be speaking at saint george catholic church in baton rouge in the klein peter activity center on september 28th at 6 30 p.m the talk will focus on grace and addiction offering hope to those afflicted by this present darkness the event is sponsored by Chrysalis Interventions New Ministry. You can go to ccmedia.live for more details. And there's going to be an evening of reflection coming up October 4th at Most Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. There, it's really interesting. Uh, Father, uh, Dr. Brant Petrie is going to be the guest speaker. He's going to be talking about the Jewish roots of the Mass, and that's going to uh, begin at 7 o'clock. But prior to that, at 6 o'clock, they're going to have a dinner for married and engaged couples. So uh, that'll be in St. Ursula Hall. So you got dinner, then you've got the talk by 
Dr. Brant Petrie. I keep wanting to call him Father Brant Petrie. Uh, and then there's going to be Mass to follow that. What a wonderful evening. Again, October 4th, there's no charge. But the dinner is only open to the first 100 couples who RSVP. And you can get those details at our website, ccmedia.live. Lisa and I went to one of those last year. It was Dr. Tom Neal. And uh-huh. it's a nice dinner, very nice dinner. And then yeah. speak afterwards. It's just, it's a good night out. For good a night out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. a different way to go out on a date. It really is. And I was thoroughly, I mean, we really loved that a lot. I'll never forget that. You know, you're not going to go wrong with Dr. Petrie either. Mm-mm. You're going to learn something. That you That's know, right. That's something. Okay. The NOLA Catholic Youth Conference is coming up. Uh, September 30th, so save the date. The conference will be from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Jesuit High School in New Orleans. This year's theme is Stir the Flame. Guest speakers are Father Josh Johnson, Father Ajani Gibson, and Archbishop Gregory Amon. Once again, ccmedia.live for more information. All right. Well, those are just some of the events. You can go to our website, as Dave said, ccmedia.live, to get all the details and many more. Hey, I hear someone's in the kitchen with Dina. Someone's in the kitchen, wow. Dina Dow. Hey, she's actually going to be on Wake Up coming up next. It is 15 after the hour. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 28th. Today we celebrate St. Wenceslas. We're more used to hearing the name of today's saint during the Christmas season when we hear the carol Good King Wenceslas. The familiar song does give us a hint about the man who was indeed a good king in 10th century Bohemia. Wenceslas stood for Christian values amidst political intrigue, religious rivalry, and division within his own family. His saintly grandmother, Ludmilla, raised him and sought to promote him as a ruler in place of his mother, who favored the anti-Christian factions. Though Ludmilla was eventually murdered, the Christian forces were victorious and Wenceslas became king. His rule was marked by efforts toward political unification within Bohemia, support of the church, and peacemaking negotiations with Germany. Many opposed his policies, including his own brother, Boleslav, who joined a plot to replace him. After inviting Wenceslas to celebrate a religious feast, Boleslav attacked his brother. In the struggle, Wenceslas was killed. Although his death in 929 resulted primarily from political upheaval, Wenceslas was hailed as a martyr for the faith. His relics were taken to the church of St. Vitus in Prague, and his tomb became a pilgrimage shrine. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Boleslav and Wenceslas. Mm-hmm. Going Can't at trust it. your yeah. brother. No, no. Can't call him to dinner either because <laughs> I would get that all messed up. Anyway, I'm David Dawson. <laughs> That's a close log, yeah. Along, along with Kathy <laughs> Smith and Damian Collado. And right now we have poor Dina Dow. I'm sorry. Dina Dow is a, he's the director of evangelization and catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning, Dina. We need our help. <laughs> Good morning. It's so great to hear you guys this morning. And I know there's one person that you can invite to dinner, and that would be the Blessed Mother. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, And and look, her month is coming up, right? It is. Yeah, Yeah. it's never too soon to prepare because we're always kind of a, a little phase ahead, right? Yeah. And so what we try to do is today, thinking about how Mary is one of those, kind of a a beacon of evangelization for us. Yeah. 
and and think about that, Dave, because I know that you and I've talked about this many times. Like evangelizing it begins initially with encountering Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And so that encounter, we receive the Lord, receive the word of the Lord, and by the grace of God, we're open to receive and move forward, just like Mary mm-hmm. at the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then, you know, she, she, through her, her life, she ponders the Word of God and, and follows the life of Jesus. Right. And so, moving into that joyous annunciation, the visitation, she goes out and follows the Lord through the promptings, even before Jesus is born. And then, of course, after the, the birth of Jesus, then we go into his life, you know, as a child and raising him and in the temple, you know, presentation is baptism. And then of course the wedding feast at Cana where she tells us to to, do whatever he tells tells. you. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And then from the wedding feast at Cana to the cross, to Pentecost, to the intercession, she never abandoned following her son, our Lord Jesus. And even to this day, after her assumption into heaven, She's always present to us and always interceding. Tina, this is a good month uh, for, for mm-hmm. a, a lot of us who every now and then, I don't know, Mary gets shoved to the background, right? And, and, and in fact, I know a lot of folks who have not really any devotion to Mary at all. So, so what do we do? How do we, how do we get close to Mary to understand her more and to appreciate Mary more? Now, I think that's a good question because it took me a long time in my life to develop a devotion to Mary. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was when I became a mother myself, ah. and it was relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was in my late 20s, and I was pregnant with my eldest daughter, Emily, whose birthday's in October, ah, which that, is like another great month. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and so thinking about her motherhood as related to my motherhood, and then when Emily mm-hmm. was born, the first thing I thought was, Oh my goodness, this child needs to know Jesus. Mm. And how do, mm. what do we do? How do I do that? So I asked the Blessed Mother to help me help my child know her son. Yeah. And so, that's when my personal devotion started to the Blessed Mother. Okay. And, and just always being aware of her, what she did in her life and what we know about and how she always points us to Jesus. But even through her apparition, she's always remaining present to us teaching to us, leading to us to her son. Right, right. And so to introduce Mary to people is through stories, th- I think. Okay, through stories, and then... Um, um, well, the I, rosary is one it's way, it's for the sure. Entire gospel, right? yeah. There's the feast day of yeah. the Holy Rosary on October 7th, if I'm October not mistaken. 7th, yeah. exactly, which is why the, yeah. month, the, the month of October is dedicated to Mary. And it, so just that beautiful... Uh, Damien said... Like, Following the rosary is scripturally based on the life of Christ. Right. right? It, it goes and then the, the last two yeah. point to what we believe in the dogma of Mary, of her assumption into heaven, and then her as queen of heaven. And, and Damien, I remember you sharing that with another guest, too, that this you, you are now going to concentrate on your devotion to Mary as well, right? Right. It, mm-hmm. it, it, took, it wasn't until about six months ago. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, really? I just, I just, I mean, I believed, I, I knew who Mary was. Sure. I, but yeah. as a true devotion. Yeah, and a relationship, if you will, Relationship, right? yeah. 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 I, I just always went to Jesus or God, and, and it was like, 
you know, something hit me, and, and I read something that says, you know, you devote your life to Mary, she will intercede for you. Yes. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Right, right. And that's, that's, that's when I started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that's beautiful. Talk about take and, a long and, time to get there. Well, and I, I would only imagine that if you just ask, hey, I want to get to know you better, Mary. Well, you know? I asked Jesus yeah. to you let asked, me get to know yeah. oh, okay. his mother. All right. And that's really what was yeah. my prayer. And so it opened it up for you? Exactly. And so it, it, okay. it took Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love that testimony, Damien. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't matter when in life. It, it's just that it happens. And, so, and that is yeah. exactly what evangelization is and conversion and coming to know Jesus through different people and opportunities the Lord places in front of us. And that's exactly, Damien, you hit it on the head today. You are a witness of evangelization of Christ through Mary. Hmm. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah. And then our paths are similar, too, with joys and sorrows and glory, but we all bring it back at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. knowing that the resurrection, our Lord, is risen, and the Blessed Mother is with us every step of the way as well. Are you are you familiar, uh, our uh, understanding of the Sorrowful Mysteries Rosary, Dina? Yeah, you mean the mysteries of the rosary, the sorrowful ones? Uh, no, not not just no. I mean the the um, what is it? Our Lady of Sorrows rosary. Sorrow. That's, that's oh, the one I'm trying yeah. to think of. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We just talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. We had Our Lady of Sorrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And that's a way for us to understand the suffering in our lives and the opportunity to be able to cleave that to our Lord Jesus through the Blessed Mother, because yeah. her sorrows were real. They were real, mm-hmm. you know. And life is not without sorrow and struggle. We all know that. No, no, you're absolutely right. But the beautiful right. thing is that we see the beautiful witness of our Lord Jesus, the witness of His mother, mm-hmm. and and the call of us entering into our sorrow. We don't want to, right? But with joyful hope, right? That we can continue our mission and evangelization, even in the midst of our sorrows and our struggles. Yes, yes, just like uh, just mm-hmm. like Mary did, and I'm sure she was. Uh, well, yeah, she had seven of them. I mean, seven mm-hmm. sorrows, yeah. at least seven that we know of. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. uh, but well, to, but to also, push through during all o- those hard times. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gabby. No, well, also October is Respect Life Month, Dina, and with right. uh, Our Lady being such a wonderful model for expectant mothers or women who are trying to get pregnant, this is such a wonderful opportunity to look into maybe a devotion or a relationship with Our Lady during Respect Life Month. Right. You are exactly right, because that's the other kind of side of this equation, is that mm-hmm. through the Blessed Mother, we receive the life of Christ. Yeah, like Jesus, God incarnate. And then we look ahead to those that are around us, the dignity of life, and all of the opportunity for us to be able to lift that up through the Blessed mm-hmm. Mother and recognizing everyone made in the image and likeness of God. So that's, that's why it's such an emphasis, and it's a beautiful thing that Respect Life Month is in October because we do have the beauty and the message of the Blessed Mother that gives us the life of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Through the right. power of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Right. And that without the incarnation and her yes, where would we be? Yeah. yeah. Dana, exactly. what would you suggest for the month of October uh, for us to, to come to know Mary uh, 
and become closer to her. Uh, just in the month of October, say more Hail Marys, uh, you know, do, yeah, do a I, rosary if you have hurt. never yeah. done one. Yeah. It, it's funny, my wife and I, something we do, and again, this is, I think this helped bring me closer to Mary as well, is anytime it's 11 after, in other words, 7-11, 9-11, when we see 11, we stop whatever we're doing, say three Hail Marys and a glory be. Mm, just yeah, from the number 11 yeah, on the to, to, yeah to, to kind of keep yeah. us connected to the, the number 11 to christ oh, and, and to mary with number okay. 11 well, you know and 11 in heaven okay that yeah, works you yeah. have a set time to do it so one thing is to always set aside time for prayer but mm-hmm. specifically for the month of october to begin in scripture and read the stories that tell us about the blessed mother so in the gospel of luke you know you've got this fullness of the life of Mary, you know, and what we know of. And then you can start with Hail Marys. You can start with the Memorare. You can start yeah, with I love the Memorare. The Regina Taylor, even it's not Easter. You know, all of these different, <laughs> the Angelus. Yeah. You know, yes. we can pray the Angelus. Every day at noon. And then it yeah. takes all of yeah, two every minutes. Day noon. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just be, I guess, more of awareness. Also, for our children, there are so many books now that focus on the Blessed Mother, beautiful right. illustrations. Mm-hmm. And I know y'all have interviewed some of those authors. Right. But to dive into that and just be a little bit more intentional. And look, I'm always into sacramentals and little statues. So <laughs> wear a Mary medal, yes. bracelets now. Mm-hmm. You also have statuary. We have Mary statues all over our house and images too. So surround yourself with what would make you remember and think about the Blessed Mother and say, Please point me to your son. All right, I look, mm-hmm. and, and Mary was a was a mm-hmm. big instrument. Mary was the instrument for the Catholic community radio, yeah. and yeah. I can tell you it's because of Amen. the miraculous medal. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's Amen. another story altogether. But uh, it was definitely a miracle. So, oh, well, Dana, you thank you, thank you for joining us. Yeah. So, and, you're welcome. And so, so your office of evangelization. Well, folks can go to diobr dot org, right? Yes, Wonderful. and look us up. We're there for to serve you. God You're bless good. you. All right, Dean. Thank Thanks, you. Dina. All right. It's the bottom of the hour. We come back. Damien's going to be talking to Father Matthew Graham on Wake Up. Thirty-five after the hour on this Thursday morning, September twenty-eighth, and so glad you could join us here on Wake Up, Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and tuning your heart to the truth. And we also appreciate you watching us on Catholic Life TV in Baton Rouge. With us now, Father Matthew Graham, pastor at Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs, here to chat about an upcoming event they're going to be hosting: scientific evaluation of Eucharistic miracles. Very intriguing father matthew you too can be intriguing good morning <laughs> good morning and damien and good morning to everyone just listen to y'all talking to dina and just a quick side that uh, actually there's six marian feast days in the month of september and today is actually the feast of mary undoer of Knox. oh that's a big oh it is that's a big yes. yes yes okay yes yeah. uh, i prayed so to i want to distract from my, my yeah. topic here but i saw no that I to share that thanks so. for sharing that yep you bet. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so part of our parish's um, project this year for the Eucharistic Revival was to let people know more about Eucharistic miracles. And Father David Dawson had Dr. Amy Goudier speak to her, uh, St. George, several right. years ago. And mm-hmm. so he reached out to her. And so 
Next Tuesday evening, October 3rd, over here at, at Macro Conception in Spring, she'll be speaking about the scientific evaluation of five recently studied Eucharistic miracles and how these findings affect our faith as Catholics. I think a lot of times we think of the Eucharist, okay, going faith beyond sight, but how many of us actually studied Eucharistic miracles, but also see that they have actually been scientifically evaluated? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. And so does she bring in any uh, insight from uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, who, who, did he get into the scientific aspect, or just share stories about Eucharistic miracles? Was it, um, well, I'll do that one about him in a moment, but just oh. to let you know that she is a certified clinical and cytopathologist. Yes. I'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. what those, those words mean, but she is a, a medical doctor mm -hmm. and coming from the medical side, looking at these um, different Eucharistic miracles. But I have a feeling that Blessed Carl Acutis, and I encourage you, if you do not know about him, to go study about him, the first millennial on the path to canonization in One Step Away. Mm -hmm. And we are actually having his exhibit. Uh, all the, if you don't know, he created a website with all the Eucharistomakers from around the world. So right. Four different continents, uh, continents and 12, I mean, 20 different countries. And there's a beautiful book titled The Eucharistic Miracles of the World. And we have panels, and starting next, uh, next Saturday, October 7th, Feast of Our Lady Rosary, the next five days, we'll have almost all of those displayed here in our main hall, talking about all the Eucharistic miracles from around the world. Wow. That's cool. We were just talking about yeah. this on, on, on our break of uh, Father Matthew uh, that I had gone to see. I, I, I was at that talk that she had given at St. George, and boy, I can't recommend this. Anymore. I mean, it is wonderful, and it's, she's very, very thorough. At the same time, it's understandable, but it's also, it's like, how, how can this not be Christ? It's mm -hmm. just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, for honest chapter people, this is where faith and science come together. Beautifully, yeah. And, and this is a mm -hmm. way of explaining the kind of, all right, all I can tell you is here's the data, and it points to what our faith professes. Right. And, you know, this is to where uh, the beauty of faith and science coming together. So I just want to invite everyone. This is open to anyone, not just to my parishioners. Mm -hmm. Anyone who wants to come next Tuesday night, 7 o'clock here at Macca Conception, just encourage you to arrive early. It will be in the church. And this is a way to kind of, especially in this, this year of Eucharistic Revival, to go deep in our faith and looking at the miracles the Lord provides and saying, as I remind myself, I am here. Yeah. Now, you mentioned she will focus on five uh, of the Eucharistic miracles. Uh, any go back a number of years, or are they more current and present day and age? I have no idea. So <laughs> okay. that be, maybe Father, uh, maybe uh, David Dawson remembers, and can, you can talk to Father David Dawson about which ones, but I think she's probably willful from some ones more recently. I know there's one that was Argentina when Pope right. Francis was the Archbishop there. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is to our going from the time of back in uh, Lanciano, maybe to Orvieto, and to the one here. Uh, more recently in Argentina. I do know she does go through a timeline, though, mm -hmm. and, and it's... Damien, it's fascinating. Well, you got you got to check it I'm out. I plan on being there, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. I am intrigued. So I encourage you to come up for that, and then come out the following, starting Saturday, you can go to our church website, uh -huh. icc-msh.org. Kind of scroll down and look on, you see either Dr. Amy's picture, or you can click on Eucharistic Revival, information about her talk, but also encouraging everyone to come. It has the dates and times for all of our main hall will be open 
I'm looking at our website right now, starting next, uh, that Saturday, come to First Saturday Mass at 8 o'clock and walk over and do the tour uh, oh. starting at 8.30 and go till 7 p.m. that night. And then on Sunday, as well as Monday through that Wednesday, these are also we're going to have all of our kids when our parish school of religion go through and trying to get everyone as much as in the area to come. So please, yeah. if you're, find your way out to Denham Springs. And so a lot of times I've been amazed. Some people said, I've never been to your church. If all the parishes in the diocese have never been to your church, and you'll be amazed how big it is. How did you get yeah. the Eucharistic miracles of the world to come to Immaculate Conception? Uh, and is it a self-guided tour? It is a self-guided tour, and actually you can just go look online at Eucharistic Miracles of the World, mm -hmm. and they have some of the representation of the panels, even audio introductions. Um, so this is where we got the panels from. We've okay. invested in having the panels made uh, in person, and they're um, pretty large size, and this will be a self-guided tour that you'll get a chance to go walk through and see based by country, all the different Eucharistic miracles, and they'll give you a much detailed cool. information. So if you go search EucharisticMiraclesOfTheWorld.org, you can find the information about it, too. And Father Matthew, what are some of the other things you have planned, if you if you can share with us, uh, as part of the Eucharistic revival this year? Because I love the fact that church parishes are bringing these type of events to the church parish, their local community. Right. So we're, well, of course, encouraging people in our own parish and around. We have a perpetual adoration chapel. Most mm -hmm. people don't know that, but we're one of the few parishes, and it's been going out, I think, for over 26, 27 years. Mm -hmm. So constantly promoting that. We are doing a, a pilgrimage to the Shr Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament at the end of January uh, with the parishioners here to see that in EWTN. Father Joseph, uh, who is my associate, is working together for a pilgrimage to the National Eucharistic Congress uh, next summer uh, for the big gathering in Indianapolis. And we're looking toward Lent, uh, promoting about Eucharistic adoration. And then hopefully and we'll be signing up books of This Is My Body by Bishop Robert Barron, mm. uh, promoting about understanding of the depth of the Eucharist and what it means for us as Catholics. Wow, wonderful. That's thorough. Yeah. Well, uh, again, recapping, uh, the scientific evaluation of Eucharistic miracles coming Tuesday, October 3rd. That's next Tuesday. It's going to be in the main hall at Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Denham Springs beginning at 7 o'clock. And Dr. Amy Goodier uh, will, will be the speaker. And then following that, a uh, week from this Saturday, Eucharistic Miracles of the World. It'll be there Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, a guided, uh, self-guided tour through this. And I, I'm looking forward to that as well. Before we wrap up, can you leave us with a blessing, Father? Sure thing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son, and in the gift, especially in the institution of the Eucharist, reminds us that we know we need to be reminded that you are always here walking with us, of your presence, but how you always desire to draw us closer to you and to feed us. May our devotion to the Eucharist increase our devotion to your sacred heart, Lord. And we ask Our Lady, uh, Our Lady of the Eucharist, and through her immaculate heart, to encourage us to draw ever closer towards your Son and our, her Lord, to, and the devotion to the Eucharist. And may the blessing of God be upon all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Father Matthew Graham, thank you so much. Have a blessed weekend, brother. Y'all as well. Thank you so much. Okay. 
Very cool. Tell you what, uh, he's a good guy, by the way. Yes. I, I remember mm-hmm. him when he was going through the seminary. Yes, yes. And he's also a, originally from our church parish. Yeah, he is. He is Very something. Cool. But I just, yeah. I just love this because if you're going to have a devotion or something, and if you want to deepen your love, my wife and I were talking about this just yesterday. You got to know it, mm-hmm. right? And just keep mm-hmm. learning about it. And the more we're learning yeah. about Christ's presence in the Eucharist, well, here's scientific evidence. That's right. You know? yeah, those who, who want more yeah. solid facts, and they'll get take you deeper into your love for it. Yeah. yeah. It, yes. it is the body and blood of Christ. And that's what we're trying to convince those 70% who aren't sure to believe it. Amen. All right. It is 48 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson, and we are continuing our discussion on the Eucharistic revival in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Nicole Jones now joins us. Nicole is the digital media manager of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning, Nicole. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, y'all. I'm so excited to be with y'all. Hmm. It's so good to have you with us once again. You are one of the team members of the Eucharistic Revival team in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Last month, we talked to Father Matthew Dunn, who is leading this team. Can you kind of tell? Can Can you kind of tell us what you're expecting for the month of October? I know a lot of things have been going on uh, with the U- Eucharistic Revival in the diocese. Yeah, sure. So the Eucharistic Revival continues to thrive within our diocese. Like Father Matthew Graham just said, they are planning so many things at ICC Denham Springs. So we're excited to hear that. It definitely made my heart happy to hear all the things that they're doing um, in their parish. But tomorrow we're actually hosting our fifth parish um, day of revival retreat for different parishes um, in our diocese to really encounter the Lord in a special way through the Eucharist. Um, and it's led by the Eucharistic Revival Committee um, team that's comprised of me, Father Matthew Dunn, Dina Dow, Shannon Baldridge, Dr. Brian Pedraza, and Danielle Van Hout. And then another wow. exciting thing wow. that's going on right now is that parishes are being asked to appoint someone in their parish to be a point person. So the Eucharistic Revival Committee in our diocese and the National Eucharistic Revival can contact them so they have a direct connection, like a parish to the national, a parish to the diocesan revivals. And so there's a lot of cool things going on on a national level with webinars, small groups that are coming out. So yeah, it's a very exciting time within our diocese and within the national um, Catholic Church. It's so exciting to see so many parishes, not only in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, but really across our listening area who are taking the revival seriously. And I say that because it has just gone to another level and it's, like you said, it, it is so exciting to see this uh, and to kind of familiarize and educate on Eucharistic miracles, how to pray in adoration, even if you've never been before, um, how to start that relationship with Jesus and how to get to know him in the Eucharist, because that is a source and summit of our faith. And Nicole, you have a dynamic team that's leading this in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And one of the exciting things that you revealed to us last time you were with us was a new painting by Blair Gordy Pierce. Oh my, um, Can you yes. kind of tell us how that is? Because when I saw that painting, it's beautiful. you guys, it, it's beautiful. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. So I was going to say, Dave has been to my office a yeah, few times. and he's I've snuck it. a few peeks at it. <laughs> Every yes. time he's like, wow, I have to go see it again. Every time he comes to the it's diocesan amazing. office. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the last time I was on, I did do a little tease for Catholic community media and radio and everybody um, who listens. But on September 12th, the diocese released a painting that Blair Gordy Pierce, also her art company is Blair Barlow Art, um, she painted for the diocese. And I think the idea behind it is, you know, beauty is a transcendental that really draws people in. Mm-hmm. And this painting can draw people into the Eucharist. Um, just by looking at it, you can see the, the beauty of Christ and the creative aspect of God. And so mm-hmm. the name of the painting is called Supper at Emmaus, and it depicts the meal the disciples shared with Jesus after encountering him on the road to Emmaus that we read of in the Gospel of Luke. And so Blair did a wonderful job of featuring places and figures and objects that are familiar to us in 2023 South Louisiana, but also includes elements that would have been familiar to a first century Jew and a first century Christian. And so it's really cool if you look at it, um, you see in the background the bayou, you know, you see on the baldacchino, which, you know, usually covers a monstrance whenever it's being, and like Jesus, whenever he's being processed outdoors, there's a pelican which is, you know, a symbol of South Louisiana and Louisiana as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool things that you can see where you're like, oh, this wasn't just made for regular Catholic. It was made for a South Louisiana Catholic. It was made for someone who understands the beauty of South Louisiana. It was made for us. And so it's really cool to be able to share it with everyone finally. It is truly amazing. I think Dave's looking at it again. I am. I, am. I can't uh, stop but looking just at it. Details. Yeah, it, it. Well, how she how she paints also is, even if you don't know the people. I mean, because I do know some of the folks that she used as models in this in this uh, painting. But even if you don't know, there's something very familiar about them, and that's what draws you into mm-hmm. her paintings. Is when you look at it, you know, uh, you you there, there's something familiar there, you know, and it yeah. just it it just it keeps you staring at it, you know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I was going to say, something I love about it is that, so think there's Jesus in the center. If you can't see it online right now, there's Jesus in the center, and then to the side of him is a woman standing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's two men sitting down, and the two men sitting down have modern haircuts. They do. But they're Mm -hmm. sitting in early first century clothing. Yeah. But Jesus is dressed as a priest in a priestly garment. Right. And so it's like all these different aspects of like past and present, the the reality that Jesus is a priest, and like that's one of his identities is priest, prophet, and king, you know? Yes. And yeah. so mm-hmm. it's, it's a really cool, Jesus is there present, but also Jesus is totally present in the Eucharist that he is holding. Right. So it, it's really yeah. beautiful. And so, so you also have your window, as you can see, uh, Damien, the, the window behind the gentleman there. Mm-hmm. At, you see the cypress tree there and, yeah. and, and the bayou mm-hmm. back down there. So yeah. it, it's a little custom. It's a Louisiana and, Saturday night. Yes, really. it is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Visual <laughs> Nicole, what are, your, what are you hoping uh, the goal is for your team with the Eucharistic Revival in the Diocese of Baton Rouge? We have about a minute left. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) So many things. (laughs) But I think the greatest thing (laughs) is just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding that he is truly present, not just body and like, but like his soul, his divinity, like his body and blood, soul and divinity are present in the Eucharist. And we have access to him every time we see him in the mass, every time we go to adoration, 
um, whenever we read scripture, mm-hmm. you know, we are encountering Jesus alive. We are encountering God, the Trinity alive in us. So, yeah, that's probably just one of the many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Where can people go to find out more information, maybe reach out to you and your team for some resources that they can add toward their parish uh, during the Eucharistic Yeah, revival? so the diocese website, we have a whole revival page, so diobr.org forward slash revival. We have a page for the painting specifically that includes video interviews with Blair, the artist, and Dr. Brian Pedraza, and that could be found at diobr.org forward slash supper at Emmaus. And if you need to reach out in any way to the Eucharistic Revival Committee, we have an email address, which is eucharisticrevival at diobr.org. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nicole Jones, Digital Media Manager of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Thank you so much for being with us today, Nicole. No problem. God bless y'all. All right. Nicole is a hard-working well, individual, y'all. I mean, she, she covers is, a lot. She really so, is. Yeah, it's, yes. we're, we're blessed well, to have real her quick, at the diocese in Baton Rouge. I 100% agree. Real mm-hmm. quick, before we exit today's show or end today's show, mm-hmm. our fall pledge drive starts next Tuesday, October 3rd through Thursday, October 5th, and we'll bring you live guests from 7 to 10 a.m. to help us raise funds to continue to broadcast on your mobile device, radio, however you're listening, October 3rd through the 5th, please prayerfully consider financially supporting us because we are 100% donor funded. This is where we need you. Every little bit helps. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And since today is the feast day of uh, Mary, the Undoer of Knots, we'll offer up a prayer on her behalf. Dearest Holy Mother, Most Holy Mary, you undo the knots that suffocate your children. Extend your merciful hands to me, Mary, undoer of knots, pray for me and undo the knots that keep me from loving you and Christ more and more each day. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.